One of the questions looming in the background as Republicans and Democrats discuss the health of programs like Medicare and Social Security is an age-old question that was a bit tragic for Oscar Wilde when he wrote the picture of Dorian Gray. How sad it is, murmured Dorian Gray, with his eyes still fixed upon his own portrait. I shall grow old and horrible and dreadful, but this picture will remain always young. If it were only the other way, if it were I who was to be always young and the picture that was to grow old, for that, for that, I would give everything. Ah, yes, the theme of eternal youth lives forever, certainly, as life expectancy seems to be gliding into solid three figures for many in the world right now. The question can be posed realistically. How long do you want to live? 120 years? 150 years? It does have some challenging assumptions for those social programs that might prefer we all die off shortly after we retire at 65 or 70. But David Ewing Duncan, science journalist and author of When I'm 164, asked this question to over 30,000 people. How long do you want to live? He joins us from San Francisco. What an interesting inquiry. What did you discover? Well, so what I did uh, to start this book project, and by the way, this is a curious book project. It's an e-book. It's a short book, uh, which is, of course, the new wave of publishing. But uh, this comes from a series of talks I have been giving over the last two, three years where I ask audiences how long, literally, they want to live. And I asked them to vote on four different possible ages just to make it a bit easier. So it was 80, 120, 150, or forever. And the responses were pretty interesting. Actually, almost nobody wanted to live uh, forever, Uh, only about 10%, 150, and the rest uh, a little bit less than that. So we're in the 80 to 120 zone. That's right. Uh, In fact, 90% of people want to live 120 or less, and uh, about 60% 80, which of course is the life expectancy in the West uh, right now. So that's about as long as people are expected to live. Now, mentally, we have an idea of a lifespan. What happens in the beginning? What happens in the middle? What happens towards the end? We certainly have all kinds of fears about slow and dreadful declines of life. But how do these numbers, 120 or getting beyond 120, move beyond our memory and cultural horizon of what a lifespan looks like so that we can't even really imagine what uh, some of these numbers are like. That's right. And in in fact, the the book is really split up. I ask the question. uh, I then talk about the science of anti-aging, which actually is becoming a, a real science. You know, you had alchemists and charlatans over the, you know, the millennia that have promised longer lives to people. But uh, the reality is that uh, we've almost doubled lifespan uh, since 1900 uh, without any sort of, you know, major molecular fix or something like that. But now we're moving into an era where we may have even larger boosts. So that's really the the impetus for the book is uh, the fact that the science really is pushing us towards longer lifespans and then, of course, so what do we do with it is the other part of the book. All right. Well, the science there, let's explore that for just a moment. The science basically says there is absolutely no mechanical reason, barring illness or catastrophe, that an 80-year-old can't be absolutely as healthy and fit as a 50-year-old or a 40-year-old, right? 
Well, that seems to be where we're heading. I mean, everybody always says, you know, the the new 60 is is 80 and, you know, whatever numbers you want to use. But we, we've all seen this, anybody that's been around, uh, you know, for a little while, uh, that uh, what used to be old, when I was a kid, uh, the age of 65 was, was old. And, um, you know, life expectancy wasn't much more than that. Uh, it's now bumping on 80. My, both of my parents are 80, actually 181. 180 and you know they're both very healthy so you know this is this is really is changing and in quite a profound way and it's almost snuck up on us and if we talk about 120 if 120 is the new 80 what is that what are those years what are those decades going to be like and let's not even talk about the financial implications of uh, social security having to support people for four decades or more right well you know, this is where it gets fascinating because, um, you know, when I ask people why they voted the way they did, um, you know, you get some really, uh, you know, I've, I've almost always asked people just spontaneously to answer the question so it comes off the cuff for them. But you, you dig a little deeper and you realize that people obviously have given this some thought or at least have subliminal uh, idea of what those years would be like. And most people vote for 80 because they don't want to be old and frail in those additional years. And in fact, uh, what we're talking about here, hopefully, is uh, you know having uh, you know you would age more slowly, so that that end that we all want to avoid the frailty, et cetera, uh, would be at least put off. What does science say about onset of these vegetative states that people absolutely want to avoid and associate with? living forever in a sense well you know the, the 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 big fixes that i talk about you know being potentially on the horizon in the book which would be uh you know basically manipulating uh some enzymes you know that come from genes that might give you longer life or stem cells or or even say spare parts through machines these things are 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 pretty far off um, but, you know, but they're on the horizon, as I said, they're, they're already part of, uh, the biomedical, um, you know, research that's happening in, in our country and other places. Uh, so, you know, we'll have to see where this all heads. But, I, I suspect, yeah. uh, Alzheimer's is a big, uh, is a big stumbling block. Absolutely. And there is genetics that come into play here. Uh, I, I have a little section about, uh, centenarians and what they call super centenarians, people who live over 110, and, you know, part of this is always going to be the luck of the draw, you know, how you happen to be or the genes you happen to be born with. So those are the people that are already living a very long time and actually always have. They're, even in Roman times, et cetera, you know, there have been people who have lived an extraordinarily long time. And so, uh, David Ewing Duncan, when you went into this, uh, where, what age did you imagine you wanted to live and uh, what is it now? Well, I'm a little cagey on this. I, I think I'm like a lot of people. Uh, I, I would like to live as long as I as I can, uh, but be healthy, have a quality of life, and uh, be around people you know, who who give give meaning to my life. And so, I, somewhere probably between 80 and 120. I'm not a forever person. David Ewing Duncan, a science journalist and author of When I'm 164.